0: It's barely in topic. Podcast for Boston Bruins fans. by Boston awesome Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely In Topic. <laughs> it's episode three twelve, I think. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm here with Jeff and Tim. It's a decidedly less chaotic. Fewer people episode than it was last week. That was, it was fun, but it was weird to manage.
1: <laughs> Relatively manageable for that many people compared to in the past, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You didn't seem to be struggling with it, so that was, you know, where sometimes when there's a lot of people you, uh, you get a little bug-eyed and it's like, oh. <laughs> it's hurting cats, but...
0: I did have a few moments where I was like What did I do? Why?
2: I mean it was like Controlled chaos
0: Well Yeah I guess as much Control as we can have over it That's fine because when it gets to be too many people I just kind of go um, and like, There's this moment in Arsenic and Old Lace where Cary Grant You could just see his character just kind of Lose it and that's what happens to me when I have too many people and too many things like, ah, I'm going to be really nice to Jeff this week. <laughs> I don't have anything else. I'm just saying I'm going to be very nice. I'm not going to wow. mock him. I'm not going to consciously try to piss him off. You know, I'm going to be very nice. What do you think about that?
1: I, we will see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's okay. You don't have to believe me. But anyway, why don't we get into things? Oh, wait a minute. First of all, Tim, have you watched Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Two yet?
2: No, not Volume Two yet.
0: I watched it, not this third, uh, not this Friday, but the Friday before.
1: As like- did I. It isn't as good on the second one- viewing as it was in- the first time around. I think, but.
0: Uh, it was the third time around for me, and I was still just as happy. I just, the one thing I, I do miss is that my TV is not the size of a screen in a theater. Right. And it
2: looks really good on a huge screen. But- I know it's on Netflix now, so I I probably will in the next couple days here, because I know I, uh, I just finished the uh, next part of The Ranch that just came out, so I really have nothing else on Netflix to watch.
0: Hmm. I have a list that's long that I don't watch most of the things and I've been binge watching um, Crazy
2: Ex-Girlfriend. Yes, I know. That's such a funny show.
0: (laughs) It reminds me of Scrubs in a way.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
0: You know, so it's like I like a show where it's like, you know, you're going along and then suddenly people just break out into song and dance. I I enjoy that aspect of the show. Although the season I don't like the second season as much because I feel like one of my favorite characters
2: was taken out so (sighs) season one was definitely better than season two I think
0: right right so I'm almost done with season two so that's the show I've been watching and I've been afraid and ashamed to admit that I've been watching it but I'm just going to say it I've been watching it
2: I mean I watched it
0: yeah okay cool alright excellent so I don't need to feel anything else Tim says you can watch whatever you want
2: as a show connoisseur.
1: I make a serious effort not to judge given how much I love uh Gold Rush and loved Ice Road Truckers and Swamp People.
0: I really <laughs> oh, really?
1: Swamp People was awesome. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> we used to watch Ice Road Truckers like I think for the first four or five seasons we were really into it. But then after a while it's just like when it's like and Jack, who went to college, you know, is driving up the blah blah blah. It's like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we know he went to college. Thanks. You tell us well, every well, episode. Well,
1: Say over oh, time, increasingly started getting banned by, by the trucking companies and the road managers from filming places. And That's why they only had one season on the Tibbet Contoyta Road, only one season on the um, uh, uh, on the on the Mackenzie Delta, because everyone's like, "No, fuck you, get out of here." <laughs> And that's why they ended up on the on the Dempster, because, well, it's a public highway. <laughs>
0: well, look, I, I get it. More attention, more distraction, more people on the road than you need to have on. Right?
1: Well, those roads, those other ones are, are managed, right? Like, the Tippet Quintoito exists for the sole purpose of getting trucks to diamond mines. So not just anyone can drive on it. Right. And there was a lot of things that made the road managers look really bad. Like, they ended up with, like, really unnecessary, um, uh... Um, 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 ministry of labor labor investigations and stuff because of the bullshit that happened in the first season, hmm. and it was bad PR for the ice roads and stuff. The way they overdramatized the danger on them.
0: Oh so yeah. So as a result,
1: so that's why particularly the Tippetcooktoito was one season, and then only the one season on the Mackenzie Delta, which okay. So after that, they're on paved, they're they're on roads, not water most of the time, except for like on little tiny ones going to like random communities in northern Manitoba which was seasons and seasons later.
0: (laughs) I always liked Alex. He was my favorite. He's just a nice guy. But anyway, I I really did enjoy it. Uh, I used to watch it. But you know what show I really loved? And it was, I think it was only on for one or two seasons. Ice Lake Rebels.
1: I don't even think I've heard of this show. (laughs) It was on
0: Animal Planet. And it was great. It was a bunch of people who didn't want to pay their Canadian taxes.
1: Nice.
2: Okay. And
0: they were on Lake none of, no, not none of it. Um, they were on a lake that was like just, oh God, what what lake was it? I don't remember what lake it was, but it was like it was just south of like Yellowstone or Yellowstone, Yellowknife or, or the Yukon or something like that. It was somewhere. Oh, this was area. so.
1: This was talking about people that live in the houseboats in Yellowknife yes. down on Great Slave Lake.
0: Yes, Great have, Slave have, Lake. I, that's it. That's
1: it. I have. I have. Friends that lived that had that lived in a houseboat for years until um they're just put to have a kid and they bought a house on land. I always was fascinated how you deal with that nether region. Mm-hmm. Um, at the year, you know, just before right, ice, you know, during ice in and during ice out, mm-hmm. do you have to stay at a hotel for two weeks in any end of winter? That was one thing I never figured out. I never got a square answer.
0: <laughs> I can't say to the veracity of the show, but it looks like people can can get through that, but it's difficult.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: but I, I love that show. Great slave. Lake. how can I forget that name? It's remember it's memorable and whatever, but I love that show. I thought it was great. And you know, it only lasted for, I think it was two seasons because at the end of season one, Stefan and his girlfriend got married. And at the, at the end of season two, it was revealed that they were expecting, but they bought a house.
1: It's exactly what my my, my friends Dave and Edith did than they were expecting. yeah,
0: Right. But I just was like, um, I I thought it was a really interesting kind of system that they had going on there with like, you know, catching fish and working at the fishery and, you know, bartering and all these things. So, yeah, I love that show. I did. I'm sad it's not on anymore.
1: What I didn't like, I watched because like, oh, I saw truckers. So I watched Ice Pilots. Um, which is only entertaining to me because I know about these people because I know people that know them and I know how they were. They were a, a ridiculous, a hilarious joke in the entire northern community mm. because they flew these shitty World War II era cargo planes, <laughs> which meant they couldn't. Which means so they were everything ran on avgas rather than jet, which is hard to get, um, inexpensive. Mm and the cargo bay doors didn't open well and the plane broke down all the time and it's like they're oh we can't keep up with the cupboards using real cargo planes it's like yeah it's because every other major major cargo company in north is using modified 737s or hercules mm. you can't keep up with that shit at all <laughs> cuz they need they can use shorter they can use shorter runways on the hercs hercs and the C130 the, 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 the 737s are all combined cargo passenger so like you know Depending on, on the route, the fl- plane flies or some are all passenger, have hit 50-50, or in some fl- or some routes, like, one-third passenger, two-third cargo. And, and if you're flying a freaking DC-3, you can't keep up with that shit, because it's, again, a frickin'... <laughs> it's, it's not even a goddamn turbine plane.
0: <laughs> no.
1: And the guys were also notoriously yeah, notorious asshats. <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. That's reason enough right there. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite Canadian shows, like the few times I've been in Canada and been able to see this, the the first one I saw was up in Montreal, Canada's Worst Handyman. <laughs> it was kind of like one of those shows where it's like each week they'd give people who were terrible at handyman work something they had to do around the house and they'd be terrible at it.
1: <laughs> and, and things, would inexplicably end up on fire. Yeah,
0: no, I'm installing a toilet. It's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> then um, the other one was Canada, uh, Canadian
2: Canada's, Canada's worst, worst driver.
1: driver. Yes. Oh, Canada's worst driver! How did some of these people have licenses? I don't know. And and the best part is the winner would we basically would we, we basically just get their license pulled. Although to be perfectly honest, appearing on that show, I bet you go home and your license gets yanked anyway. It's like. <laughs> Thanks for outing yourself. You saved us a lot of work. Uh.
0: I gotta tell you, I long to see those shows again because they were they were brilliant. They were so great. And it's like, and you know, at, at first you're just like, oh, we're just mocking people. This is this isn't good. We shouldn't be like this. But it's just like you sit there and you really feel for the people. You're just like, how can you be this bad at this? Like, really, seriously? Like, you need to learn. It's not that hard. Come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was remarkable Like some of them At first it seemed like Oh they're just Habitual distracted drivers But then when they're Forced to drive Not distracted They were worse Yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tim I, I swear I wish I could find out Where I could Watch these online You gotta watch them You would just love them You would love it It's kind of like The fun of the BC scanner Except uh, A reality TV show Yeah <laughs> Now, as we are barely on topic, and we have not been on topic at all today.
1: So how uh, about them Bruins?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I was going to say, why don't we talk about Canada's favorite sport? Sport, not smort. <laughs> I said smort.
2: Sports? <laughs> <But> it's not <laughs> it's national sport.
0: Well, uh, okay, what's its national sport?
1: Lacrosse. Because um. reasons.
0: Yeah, you know, I often think about people running out in the frozen tundra with their lacrosse.
1: I mean, both are, you know, Canadian invented sports. But, um, yeah, I feel like they just made lacrosse the national sport just to not be too... Realizing if we make hockey, the national sport will be entirely too on brand.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, really, we have green fields up here, I swear. (laughs) For, like, a couple weeks every year.
3: (laughs) Uh, Okay,
0: so anyway, we should probably talk about the Bruins. Thank you if you've made it through this far (laughs) and wondered, what about the Bruins? Okay, we're here to talk about the Bruins. And, you know, we've kind of decided that we don't really want to talk about a game of the week because, well...
1: uh... I mean, they got three out of six points, but they also, like, gave up a point to Detroit... Mm. Hmm. Well, still winning that game, but. Mm.
0: Uh, but I mean, at least the overtime didn't last that long. No,
1: thirty-five seconds. Yep, um, and they, they made swift work of that.
0: It was that Brad again.
1: It was. Know, of oh, it was. okay.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll talk about Brad a little bit later on. I said to you before that I wanted to talk about one specific thing that happened in that Capitals game. Okay. Uh, I'll just sum up the game by saying, like, look, the score didn't really reflect what was going on. And honestly, the Bruins were kind of within one, except for that improbable
1: empty net goal.
0: And again, it was
1: the second night of a back-to-back against the Caps.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And Dobby in net against Ovi.
0: Yeah. Yeah, th- there are a lot of things about that game that I really don't want to relive. And...
1: I, I, I feel like we went into that—they they went into that game knowing it was a problem, so they just deliberately threw it.
0: Right. Well, you know what? Putting Tuca in that just sets him up for more Tuca talk. You know what I mean? And let's not do that.
1: Well, see, just some good strategy there. Play your good goaltender in the easily winnable game to just try to make sure you seal the deal and get the points. Yep throw your back up to the wolves of the game that realistically you don't have a lot of chances of winning.
0: No. Nope. Someday, someday we will win a game against the Capitals and it will be a glorious day. But that day is probably not going to be this year and uh we only see them three times and okay, that's fine. Uh I hate that. I don't want to think about we give up six points to a team, but uh we're probably going to do that. Yeah. I think it's just good to be realistic about it. But let me just talk about one moment in that game that I just absolutely loved. Like, like I wanted to marry that moment. It was so beautiful. Early on in the first period, Tom Wilson tried to check Chara, okay? It didn't go so well, and Chara actually went up to him and pulled his jersey from behind and had a conversation with him. And the conversation, I would like to think, it went along the lines of this. You're not going to be pulling that shit like you have been every game tonight, Tom. Because I will, I will eat you. I will crush <laughs> you. I will make you regret even being born. That's the conversation I think happened. And guess what? Tom Phil- Wilson, you didn't start any shit with anybody. He tried with Brad. With When Brad was having that little scuffle with, who was it? Oh, Orloff. Tom Wilson did come in and, and bat uh, him there, like uh, basically through Brad there. And people had problems with the fact that no one stood up for Brad. And that's that instance when Tom Wilson kind of crashed the little party. But, but by and large, Tom Wilson didn't go after Bjork, didn't go after other players that would be a little more vulnerable. I'd like to think that Chara basically kept that in check.
1: With the fear of God in him. Mm-hmm. I will rip. I will push my fist through your chest and rip out your spine that way. <laughs> you know this sort of all those Tom Wilson talk. Okay, so I never really stopped to think about it. I mean, but they think the Caps might have as many reprehensible players as the as the Anaheim does.
0: Hmm. Yep. You know, I think someday we should just compile a list and have a show about the players we hate
1: and which teams have the most of them. Habs being their own category because they're Habs, so we hate them all.
0: Right, right, right.
1: <laughs> I think we should
0: spend some time and work on this. And then eventually we'll have a show to talk about that. And we'll get the other guys to to come in with their things and whatever. And that'll be great. Uh, because I was thinking about this week. I'm like, there are so many players that I just hate. Like fucking Zach Cassian. You know how much I really hate him. I have such a hate yeah. on for him. He broke Dubinsky's orbital bone. <laughs> yeah, so he's out indefinitely right now because they got into a fight this week. And you know what? And then he chirped him after that
1: oh, you motherfucker, that's like some Alsner shit right there.
0: (laughs) I told you that he chirped Gagne after he broke his his jawbone a few years back. And the team and all of that stuff. And that's why the Oilers fucking hated him. Now he's on the Oilers. But the thing is, NBC Sports tried to downplay it. Oh, I don't think he knew that he did that when he did... No, no. Zach Cassie knew he did something really bad. And then he chirped the guy because he's a fucking asshole who has no redeemable qualities. He shouldn't be on a fucking team. Um, you should just take him out with the garbage and fucking burn him. That's how I feel about him. See, you
1: know, here's the thing about Zach Cassian, too. He only plays for hateable teams. He has been a Sabre, a Canuck, a Hab. Oh,
0: and the Habs didn't even want him because that's when he went through the substance abuse program. They were like, yeah. let's deal him the fuck away. But, like, think about those. like.
1: like Basically, he just needs to be a Canuck to run the tra- to, 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 to run the table. He was a Canuck. I mean, sorry, I meant to say Blackhawk.
0: Oh yeah, but they wouldn't. They don't. He's not good enough to be on the Blackhawks.
1: How long did they pay? How long did they pay Jordan Tutu for? They're still paying Jordan Tutu. I know, but the,
0: well, we can hold out. Like someday, <laughs> you might be right, and then I'll be like Jeff. You're right. I was wrong. They would take on Zach Cassian. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think it'll happen, but. Yeah, See and they difference. have to
1: take whatever players will, you know, take being paid in like, you know, shitty hot dogs with pickles on them.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Taco <this> style bullshit. <laughs>
0: anyway we should make that list and we should have a show dedicated to that but you know what i want to say i i, I need to say this out loud and publicly because my husband tweeted this this week he tweeted my dog just growled at sydney crosby because now sydney crosby was they had him on the, the tv screen we were watching m b c s n p d q w t f sn OMG BBQ. Anyway, he uh, they were on that. Uh, they showed Sidney Crosby, and my dog growled. <laughs> and I have never felt so proud of of an animal, of my own personal animal, of my dog, as I did when she growled at Sydney Crosby.
1: <laughs> so, uh, listeners, hats off to Vegas the Pibble.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, you can follow her on Twitter at I am Vegas the dog. Uh, yes, uh, that's not me. I'm not doing that. But anyway, she has her own Twitter account, so go ahead and follow her. She hates Sidney Crosby. It's great. And <laughs> this morning, she growled at Antonio Brown. <laughs> so I think she just doesn't like Pittsburgh players. I mean,
1: that's that's probably pretty fair.
2: I mean, yeah. yeah, it's for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Very proud of my dog. Very proud of her.
1: I guess the real experiment would be see how he, she, she reacts to Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is an eminently likable dude, despite being a penguin.
0: Right, right. I mean, <laughs> right now, all we know is Sidney Crosby, right? We, we, she saw that, and she wanted no part of that. No, no, no. You know. I bet you she would love David Backus.
1: I mean, being a dog, and, and Backus is a friend to man and beast, so mostly beasts. Yes.
0: Right, right. So she knows who to like. So that's what I'm saying.
1: And you know, Bacchus would be your maybe be, be all over Vegas, like, oh, you're a rescue pibble. <gasps> oh.
0: Then he'd be your
1: and then and then and then, then Bacchus would be your friend.
0: Yes. yes. Oh my God, Bacchus could be my friend, and I could say, I got her at MSPCA, and then he will be like, that's a great thing, and we'll be best buddies. Yep, that's it. Then I'll be babysitting his kids, which I'm not sure I want to do, but hey, whatever. That's what happens with best friends. Maybe you just say, he's like,
1: okay, Dave, I'm not going to babysit your kids, but I'll babysit your dogs for you. <gasps> all 12 of them. Oh, my
0: God. He has <laughs> got a Rottweiler, too. I love them. <laughs> so so tell me, Jeff, how excited are you to meet Vegas this week?
1: I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. He seems like a pretty charming dog.
0: <laughs> you fit two prerequisites. You're male and you have facial hair. So she will probably just love you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect i'm not kidding she loves men with facial hair that's her thing i'm not a man and i don't have facial hair so i'm second but anyway okay (laughs) back to the bruins (laughs) i just wanted to talk about that one moment and it spiraled out of control yeah uh, this week was we knew this this week was going to be kind of shitty
1: and the team still played fairly well mostly you know i mean yesterday's game was lost on a bench minor in overtime
0: Yep, you'd never want... Now, see, I always feel really good about the Bruins. They're in three. I just do. I, I shouldn't necessarily do, but I, I, I do. I shouldn't necessarily do. I shouldn't necessarily believe that, but I think that they're okay in three and three. But once you uh, allow the other team to be a four on three, hmm, that's not good. And,
1: and then, you know, okay, if a player takes a, a penalty during overtime, that's one thing, but like a fucking bench miner.
0: Totally avoidable,
1: it, profoundly avoidable, and that's that's that that's on the coach, and I'm sure I'm sure Cassidy knows that because it was also the second bench minor that Bruins took the uh, for that game. They took one in the third as well.
3: Oh, for what? Yeah, but
1: they didn't they didn't give up any point. It was also a too much man. <laughs> oh God.
0: Oh, sometimes it's delay of game, sometimes it's too much man. Come on.
1: Well, delay of games aren't re- usually a bench minor, right? No, 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 Most I'm
0: just, just talking yeah. about penalties in general. I should have said yeah. that. Penalties. Some some games, the the penalty theme is too much man. Sometimes it's delay of game. Other times it's slashing the crap out of people. Woo-hoo. Now,
1: there was a lot of slashing and holding penalties that game. It was a, it was a, a, a chippy bullshit kind of game in general.
0: I, I what I loved is that Shattenkirk followed up his slash of Riley Nash with a hook. <laughs> he got called for the slashing. <laughs> but I'm just saying he slashed him, then he hooked him.
1: <laughs> so he's like going full on Grim Goddamn Reaper here then.
0: <laughs> it was great and I said that and then Glenn was watching, he's like, Yep, that's slash and hook. <laughs> And I was so proud because I pointed it out. <laughs> oh, what's that look for? Well, you don't have to keep talking
1: about this. this no, stuff. no, 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 no. I'm good. Yeah. So, anyway, you know, I said they took they they took three out of six points this week. That's fine, and we are going into another nasty week, right? You know, there's four games this four games between this this week here. So it's. Well, what's interesting? This is sort of a thing for the Bruins, though. Late November and early December, almost every year, they go on a really great run, which they've done. And then the schedule sort of kicks their ass. The latest in latest December.
0: I don't know if it's still true. As of last week, they had played the fewest of any team, but they're making up some some games this week.
1: We have played. We as of yes, we have played. Bruins have played the fewest games in the league right now. Right. We have thirty games played, and you know. If we give some context. Um, uh, you know, the, the Leafs, the Washington, the Pens have all played 34. Right, right. So,
0: some I I gather that some teams might have a little bit easier load, but we get the full brunt of it this week.
1: Yes, this is the the schedule equalizer. This is when the team has to make the most of their games in hand. Right, right. Luckily, there's two soft targets, and well, two not so soft targets. So, yeah. Buffalo on the second night of a back-to-back is a cushy is is a cushy draw, all things considered. <laughs> yeah, it is. If you're stuck with a back-to-back, that's the team you want to have those two. Columbus being the first one.
0: Yeah. So they're tomorrow night. They're Columbus at at the Garden.
1: Yes. Yes. And then they travel to Buffalo, which for a with travel that's not bad. And then yeah, and then back the day after that. So the one day off, and then back for the Jets. And then one day off, and home, um, and, and and the matinee against the, against Detroit. Uh, hmm. And actually, it, despite the number of games they have to close out the month, they have a lot of games against not bad, against easy, against bad teams in division. Even so, um, they-, they also they also play Ottawa twice the week after Christmas.
0: Oh, Ottawa won last night. It was like, I, did <laughs> I, I didn't watch it because I was kind of like, I hate both these teams. I don't care if it's an outdoor game. And NBC, SN, P, D, Q, blah, blah, blah. They were taking such a long time to get to the coverage of it that I was like, fuck you, done. I'm going to watch something else now.
1: Well, this one was the centennial game, right? So I get it, but.
0: Yeah, I watched Behind the B instead. <laughs> where David Backus asked, if the operation set came with a colon removal, like if you could remove the colon mm-hmm. in the traditional operation thing. Yeah. And Krug said that it looked like him. So <laughs> Colon? <laughs> no, no, the the guy being operated on. <laughs> I guess David's nose gets really red after drinking all that gin. Anyway. I don't know what he drinks. Probably nothing. Uh yes. So it's uh it's gonna be quite the week. Yeah we're going to the Winnipeg game.
1: We are. It's actually like a good billing for once. Winnipeg is a good team, which is unusual.
0: We we did not really think about that too much when we kind of agreed on the game.
1: It was just the game that worked for us. Yes.
0: Yes. It, originally it was going to be Detroit, but ooh that game expensive to get tickets to. And um it would have been we nice, could. but then yeah. You know what? Why watch matinee, them?
1: Well, yeah, a matinee game that's also the Christmas Carol game. Yeah, that's going to be a time and expensive.
0: <laughs> and it was hard to find the appropriate amount of seats together. So, yeah. So, that's okay. We are, seriously, two seats away from Ben. Excellent. Yeah. Like, there's there's, like, people in between us, so... Maybe we could be really like, could you just change seats with us? I don't think they will.
1: So I mean, if they're if they Ben's neighbor neighbors, he probably knows them anyway. People get to know their season ticket neighbors. Mm-hmm. So maybe,
0: maybe, but anyway, we got the tickets. Everything's good. So that's going to be exciting. It's been first game since October <laughs> when they lost all the games uh, that we went to. It was fun. Well,
1: no, no, you went. To, they went. You went. To, you, went to, you were at the season opener against the against. Fred's though, weren't you? And didn't they win that game?
0: Well, yes. I meant on the road. They lost all the games that we went to on the road. And they would have lost Arizona had we gone to that one. Trust me, it's it was for the best. No, they they won against the Freds, and I um I enjoyed that. Even if they planned the opening ceremony like five minutes beforehand. Yeah, I get it. Uh, it's gonna be a fun week. Why don't we get into talking about what we were gonna talk about as the main body today?
1: Okay. So um Sixteenth was yesterday. So yesterday, on in uh, South Coast today, Nick Tavares had an article about how important Brad is to the team, and we've talked about that ad nauseum. Again, this is Bradley on topic. Mm-hmm. Um, we are all in the consensus that Brad is a uh, beyond essential here. Yep. But the other thing he brought up, and you see this pop up here and there, is um, is Brad gonna end up being in the rafters on his retirement? Like everyone agrees that that, that Burgie and Chara are there for sure. Hmm. But what about Brad? Because he's cl- he's going to he's clearly going to be a Bruins lifer, which tends to work in one's favor.
0: Yep. Typically, people who um, players who fall in love with the town and do a lot of things around it and even stay in some way tend to
1: be put up in the rafters. Well, yeah. So and that sort of ties into a couple of the different philosophies to retired numbers, right? Mm. Okay. Um, tell me, you know, I, I
0: know nothing about this. Okay.
1: So so basically, there's there's three different sort of streams for how a player would become a re- re- retired discounting the big old asterisks that goes toward for um uh, players that you know for some reason have a really tragic exit from the from 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 the, from the game like uh, Craig Cunningham getting uh, getting his number getting retired by the um, uh, Tucson Roadrunners. Mm. so I'm not going to include that one cuz that's a special case but uh so the three ones are of course being a true fanci- franchise dominant d- d- dominant all-time uh, all-time player all-star um uh, you know hall of famer and all that probably all star um, yeah, or Ray Bork. It's what Berge, It's what that's that's sort of the grounds that Bergie and Char are going to get on as well. Going to get in as well. Guys that carried the team and were just that essential were that hockey. But there's two other streams, and a lot of teams don't necessarily retire numbers on these grounds. And there does tend to be a lot of overlap. There's the guys that are just that beloved by the team, and a lot of teams don't tend to retire rely on j- retire numbers just on this. But I would say. For the Bruins' sake, this would be the example of Terry O'Reilly. Okay, just he's that he's in the he, the, the, the players is just that beloved by the, the culture that is that, that that is built around the team the mytho, the mythos that is the the team that they're that they played for. And this also ties into the third one, which is uh, yeah, the players that represent what the team envisions itself, and then players that are that beloved by fans. So really, that's two, I guess. Those two are the same thing. My bad. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I guess you could kind of tie them together. I will say that Terry O'Reilly was my husband's favorite player growing up. Because I guess, you know, there's just like a a certain exuberance for the game and the whole idea of like making things right and just kind of like, you know, he wasn't necessarily the highest scorer, but he was the captain at one point, you know, so it's like he was a, a true leader. so
1: And he is the physical embodiment of the entire notion of Big Bad Ruins. Yep. So I guess the question then is, does Brad fit into either one of these um uh, philosophies for retired members? I and that's a tricky one actually because he's got elements of both, but not a whole hog on either. I think.
0: I think that if he continues to score the way that he does, um, you know, so we're we're looking at like uh, what were the last two seasons? He scored almost forty last year, right?
1: Yeah. He would have probably hit 40 goals had he not gotten that suspension. At the right.
0: End. So he, score, he scored in the 30s, like 30, two 30-plus 30 goal seasons, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So he had 37 goals in 15-16 and 39 goals in 16-17.
0: Okay. And keep in mind, he wasn't playing for a contract, which sometimes you'll see a spike in that kind of stuff when people are playing for a contract and they're... Want to get paid. Right. They want to get paid. That is a yeah. thing. Uh, so it's like, this is just Brad just doing his Brad thing. He is doing his best for... the team he's got things straightened out and he is scoring and i hope this year he'll be a 30 plus scorer again if he keeps doing that it would be really hard to not consider him on the first grounds anyway uh because he will be like an essential part of this team going forward we know what it's like when he's not in the the lineup you know things don't move the right way
1: things don't move the right way bergy continues to be bergy but bergy's offense kind of dries up a bit Yep. He still is a defensive beast, but without Brad, Bergie, produces much less. Um, and sort of this is one of the things that Nick Tavares was making in his article, is that Brad causes a certain amount of chaos on the ice that allows that frees up Bergie to be more offensive and for Pasta to do Pasta knock things as well. It's a it's a very interesting mix. You don't see a lot of lines built on that. Steady, reliable presence and an agent of chaos. Because usually the agents of chaos on most teams are shit. And are buried on the third and fourth line. There's not a lot of true top line agents of like that. Just wreck all kind, all sorts of different havoc on the ice.
0: Where does Brendan Gallagher slot in for the Habs? Well, <laughs> I don't know where he does with the with the the Claude based Habs. Uh, he but...
1: he is a he is definitely a toxic wing. Okay. He's Brad Light. Right. Andrew Shaw is um his, his homeless man's Brad, or at least that was the, how the how the Blackhawks advertised him. Brad Andrew Shaw's actually the a bucket of goat urine. <laughs>
0: Brad is really the antithesis of, of uh, Andrew Shaw in so many ways. Brad oh, is a likable, funny guy who does not take homophobia. Andrew lightly. Shaw
1: is what the rest of the league, see. what fans of other teams think Brad, Brad is.
0: Right. You know, I think that, I mean... You know, off the ice, I think Brad is like a completely likable, wonderful guy and stuff. I can't imagine that Andrew Shaw is the same way. Plus, we know that, you know, it's like if you get suspended for saying uh, homophobic slurs on the ice to the rest Multiple times. (laughs) Right. And to the point where they look at you now and they're like, did he say that? And, you know, apparently he's trying to correct that. So good on Andrew Shaw for that. But it's bad that you have to correct it now in the first place and that now you have to really go out of your way to make it seem like you're correcting it because you were a piece of shit before. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. all for redemption. I really am. But I don't want to compare the two because I don't look at them as being similar at all. I don't want to think of Brad. Like, I get it. People look at Brad and they only see the antics. You know? Yes. Um, they don't see the beautiful like goal that he scored like fifteen seconds in. They don't see the overtime winner um in the um the Detroit game. You know, they don't see these they things. They don't that see I want the player to.
1: that has worked so incredibly hard to be who he is now right. as a player. Like again, and we I touched on this last week, but was it the last week of the week before. Brad is such a he's ne- I don't think he's ever gonna get credit outside of Boston for being such a hard working character player, because he had to scrimp and fight for every bit of what he is now. Mm-hmm. He has a lot, enormous amount of natural talent, but it's still... It isn't the gift that other players... that other players of similar scoring stat lines do have.
0: I think talent gets you to the game, but hard work gets you to continue to be in the
1: game every year. Unless you just have that much talent, right? I'm, I am I not saying that Brad, Sidney Crosby doesn't work incredibly hard. I'm sure he does. And possibly so. But...
0: But you look. let's let's compare Sidney Crosby to Patrice Bergeron for a minute. This is not a light comparison, but I'm just going to talk about, like, I feel like Bergie probably has to work harder to be, even though, like, I mean, Sidney Crosby is a generational talent and Bergeron is not considered that. But I think Bergeron is like, I have enough talent, but I work my ass off. I mean, seriously, do you think that guy doesn't take, like, hundreds of face-offs every day in the summer? Oh,
1: no. Oh, absolutely. He has to. But on top please. of his
0: routine, whatever his skating and his workout routines are, that guy comes in and he's in shape and whatever. And, and he does all the extra tournaments and all these things, you know. But I feel like Patrice Bergeron probably, not that he has a chip on his shoulder, but he knows that if he wants to be in the same comparisons with Sidney Crosby or same line uh, on the national team or whatnot, he has to work just that much harder. Yeah. He just yeah. does. And Brad has to work even harder.
1: Yeah, and like, and then it's it's not a coincidence that he became this game breaking talent not until his late until his late twenties.
0: Right. I think that Bergeron is a calming influence on him, and I also feel like he's probably the guy. Like, if Brad were really out of line and Brad were doing things and and not owning up to them, I think that Bergie would just call him out on it. I think oh, so, and I think
1: Bergie's the one he would listen to. Right. Like
0: They've developed yeah. uh, a rapport over time, being and a chemistry, being on the same line. You know, they know what to expect from each other, and I think that there's the mutual respect, like they're brothers or something. You know? and so, they...
2: so much so that that Brad actually makes Bergie better, which that's 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 hard to do. Like not many people can say that.
1: Well, listen, they're full on symbiosis at this point. Yeah. Um, we're not talking creepy Sadine hive mind, but not far off.
0: <laughs> Twins communicate in a special language all their own. Mm. And um, yeah. they can have that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're just... I still think one Sadine's actually just a hologram and he is passing to himself. It's just one Sadine. There's always only been one sedine We're all just that drunk. <laughs> 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 he managed to get the one that wasn't imaginary and was, was speedbagging the real one. Obviously, yeah. <laughs>
0: I feel like if Brad just continues going the same path and keeps doing all of the work that he's been doing to to get to this level and he just really keeps at it, which there's nothing suggesting that he won't, that I, I think, yeah, he could be one of those guys where, like, I don't know, he might be captain of the Bruins one day for a year or so. <laughs>
2: I, I think he ends up getting in the rafters. And I think one thing beyond him being such a hard worker and being being what he is... I mean, we sometimes people tend to forget he helped bring a cup here too.
1: Well, that's I mean, just it. And usually, two to three players from a cup team always end up in that team's rafters. Exactly. And given you know um, Tim Thomas's self inhalation obviously there's there's a spot open for that raptor slot. And the given one, longevity, the only other candidate from that cup team would be Adam McQuaid.
2: Well, there is one <laughs> kind of lesser. Person that still got his name on the cup that I sometimes wonder about, and that's Savard. He would get in possibly
1: on the because tragedy, of, on, the, on the tragic exit from the game uh, grounds, but also beloved. But I, but I also, but I don't see it. Unfortunately, I think about him a lot. With
0: that, I got to tell you, I don't know if these things are predicated on whether or not you make visits back to the team or not. I know that every, pretty much everybody who's in the rafters, they're like the player, uh, the old player of the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, except Espo right like Espo's always had a troubled relationship with the Bruins since he was tra- since he was traded tra- for Brad Park and nifty.
0: Right. Well, look, every time I go to the the game, I swear to God, it's Terry O'Reilly Knight, which is hilarious. I think the last time I went to a home game, it was Terry O'Reilly Knight. I've been there when it was Bobby Orr Knight, and I love that because I love defensemen, you know. But I think, oh, here's another thing, too. Are you more likely to get there as a forward or as a defenseman?
1: Remember, there's going to be a certain bias towards defensemen and Bruins' retired numbers. Obviously, Shore, Clapper, or Um, Bork. just yeah, Bruins have had so many generational defensemen. And that's why Chara... And then Chara's going to be the same way. Again, the Bruins have just had this thing for having generational defensemen. So they haven't replayed, retired a lot of numbers. And, you know, for forwards. and the ones they have are, you know, your, are Miltz, Espo, um, uh, B- um, Chief, Cam. So you see... I think that, I think Bruins dominance of retired forwards of a retired defensemen is just by virtue of who's been on the team, and it's all about character. Like I mean, I, and I just sort of alluded to this before we started the show. Brad could go either way. He could either he we could either become, be in the rafters on in my mind on on the O'Reilly argument. Just such an embodiment of what the team is, so vital to a vital cog. Even if he isn't necessarily the kind of player that generally speaking people say this should be retired. Or he could end up getting hosed, like, say, Middleton. A player that probably should be retired, but there's compelling arguments not to, so they're not a game-breaker. they were just an exceptionally good player who is essential who was essential to the team. I feel like he's more likely to be in the O'Reilly category than the, than the Middleton category. But then again, I feel the Bruins should retire Nifty's numbers, so maybe that's a, a circuitous argument coming from me. <laughs>
2: I, I think with Brad, it could definitely go either way, like you said. However, I think... The If he continues, for me, he should be. I think one thing that would put it over the edge, though, yes, he's going to, is if they end up winning another cup with him. Exactly.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, especially with him.
1: And also, how much of his current contract he continues to be this good for.
0: It. But man, oh man, that contract is good. Oh, See, it really that's, is. That's, yeah. Unless he fell off a cliff scoring, you know what I mean, uh, and he can he ceased to really exist. That contract is gorgeous. Yeah, you know, I mean, for the goal production, come on, and the entertainment value.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. Brad is just so fun to watch. Again, my favorite goal of all time isn't necessarily because it's that timely or that gorgeous a goal. It's a, that. It's it what was it? It was a playoffs in 2013 against the Pens. It's just yap, 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 yap against Matt Cook. Puck shows up, fucks off, scores, and basically scores a shootout goal in regular play. Why? Because he was yapping the fuck out of Matt Cook. (laughs) So there's a lot of reasons that I love that goal so much. It's hilarious to watch GIFs of it, and because it involved Matt Cook, because Matt Cook can go fuck himself with a rusty wire brush.
2: (laughs) Another thing I think you have to take in consideration with Brad, too, is, like, in Boston, the Boston's definitely loves its sports. And I think with his hard work, he's kind of pushed himself into that. When you think of the Bruins, you think of, you think of him when you think of the Patriots think Tom Brady I think Red Sox think David Ortiz I think he's kind of played himself and worked hard enough to push himself into kind of that especially where those guys have championships he has a championship I think that's another thing that kind of gets taken into consideration as well where he is over where he's looked at overall as compared to the other sports I guess what you could say
0: a side note how do you like the Bruins kind of flying under the radar right now Oh, I love it. In, in the said, Boston sports pantheon, we'll say.
2: I love it. I, I said when they were doing uh, terrible and the Celtics were in the midst of their 18-game winning streak or whatever it was, that this is perfect for them. Let, them. let them fly under the radar. Let them get the experience and let them kind of not be scrutinized as much as they would be if the celtics weren't doing well because i think it'll benefit them in the long run i absolutely love it
0: i think that the rise of the celtics this year is a perfect thing for this bruins team right now because um the bruins do have the ability to just kind of work on things and get the kids playing and understanding the game a little bit more and then by the time the playoffs happen you know i think the city will be in a fervor with the celtics Honestly, um, if they continue to play
2: well and they get oh, a good especially season.
1: Especially if, 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 if Hayward comes back during during the season, which is a possibility, I guess.
2: Yeah, it is. He's now out of the walking boot early, which is a big deal. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I read something that he could come back in March.
0: I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the Celtics because the Celtics really have needed to be able to rise up a little bit since the, the demise of the, three, the Big Three, the former Big Three. And uh, so this is great for them. I think it's great for the Bruins because they can work on stuff. uh, Because you know what? You can't do a real rebuild anymore, guys. You just can't. You got to do this whole, like, learning how to rebuild on the fly. That is what teams have been doing. It's very rare for a team like, uh, say, Toronto to do what they actually
1: did. Burn everything down and then actually come out the other side. A rebuild's more likely to be Edmonton or Buffalo.
0: Yeah. So it's like if you can't figure out how to put the pieces in to the pieces that you have that work right now, you're you're going to be dead. So, yes, I think it's great for the Bruins right now. Let them fly under the radar. I I hate that some fans really haven't even thought about buying in because they're listening to the wrong people. Don't listen to people. You know, Mm -hmm. just read news. Okay. Read what the news is. If when something becomes an opinion piece, don't read it. Make up your own mind on this stuff. Yeah, watch, watch the, the games. Team. Yeah.
2: Watch the team. If you just if anyone who has these awful opinions of the Bruins just actually sat down and watched a few games, they would realize that like ex- what the Bruins are doing now is what everyone's wanted them to do for the last couple of years. They're doing it.
1: They're playing youth. They're playing up an ta- up-tempo game mostly. This is what everyone's wanted for ages.
2: There is
0: no room for the big bad Bruins anymore. The whole notion of being slow and cumbersome and big and brutish. You can't,
1: you can't do that in the East.
0: No. no. There's
1: too many. It, 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 it's all about speed, speed and skill and the East. You can still pull it off in the West, but it's becoming harder. Right. You're going to get left behind if you think that mindset. You're going to just
2: be left in the dust and all of a sudden you're going to be Buffalo.
0: Jack said last night that this game is fast. It's like, it's fast and exciting and it's getting faster. Okay? That's just where it's trending. You know, this is, that's what the sports science and the people who've been working on this game have been working on getting it faster. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt from the main Oh, well, no, but- I
1: have an aside on that. We have to go even further. I just want something that grinds my gears. Okay. People complain about this being the second Dead Puck era. That's bullshit because it ignores what made the dead puck era the dead puck era. It wasn't low scoring is that the games were fucking unwatchable because the puck didn't move it was all trap that's why they got rid of multi uh, of uh, of that's why they got rid of the of, of the red line so much clutch and grab and so forth. The games weren't watchable. that's why it was dead puck not because it was low scoring like anyone hearing everyone's like, oh any more scoring for excitement like, no hockey has been very exciting almost continuously since the 04 lockout. Because it was killing that that it needed to be need, needed to make it more more interesting. So yes, it is a low scoring era. It's actually in some ways lower scoring than the dead puck. But it just makes me angry when people refer to it as the second dead puck era. It's like that's ignoring everything about what the dead puck was. Yeah, um, Sean McIndo and and Greg Wachinski are people that get kind of up in arms about this one. It's like no, you all you fucks have forgotten what this what, what that wasn't how awful it was and, and wish and, and wish. A Devils fan saying the dead puck is was awful is kind of important.
0: <laughs> Just because you have defense and team defense specifically doesn't mean that you can't have an exciting game, and it doesn't make it the dead puck era. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the
1: best game I ever the best game I've ever watched was uh, ended one zero.
2: Yeah, exactly. This idea that especially uh, KPD has that you have to have a seven six game to be exciting is absolutely as- asinine. Those are some (laughs) of the worst games you'll ever watch. I
0: don't want to see my goalie scored on. No. You know what I mean? I I don't want the team to break down in front of him, and I don't want him to be the last resort, and that's how you get a 7-6 game.
1: A 7-6 game, it just looks like everyone on the ice is fucking incompetent. Again, last year I saw a game, a Mooseheads game, that ended at 11-10 in overtime. It was the worst game of hockey I have ever watched. And I yeah. would stay up till two in the morning to go watch intram- university intram- intramural games when the guys were all playing drunk and were yeah. all shitty, ta- shitty, out of shape talents to begin with.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 stupid, and it uh, I hate that the get that narrative gets pushed so much now because people think that that's how you need to make hockey exciting. No, and the idea that you have to make these sprawling saves to be exciting again is un necessary. Tuka's good because he's so technically sound.
1: Well, to a certain like, extent, Tim Thomas is one of the worst things to happen to this fan base. Yeah, absolutely, because and he, I say this as someone who loved what Tim Thomas did for for the Bruins while he was here. I mean, Tim Thomas personally received that got that cup for us. Full stop.
2: He did. He absolutely did. But the <laughs> reason why he made those sprawling saves is cuz he was out of position so damn often.
1: Exactly. Like it, exciting but, is the last thing you want your goalie to be.
2: I mean, that's why Tuka is so good. He's always in position, in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. the The technical aspect of it should be should be actually applauded and praised rather than, oh, let's trade him because he's not good enough.
1: But anyway, we got really fucking far off topic there.
2: Yeah, we did. We absolutely did. And it all started with whether Brad's going to get his number up in the rafters, and I think he will.
1: I yeah, think I think that we reached a pretty solid cons- consensus that that's a yes.
2: It's not an easy thing because I think out of all the – well, most of – because I know the Celtics have quite a bit that are retired, but I don't think the Bruins have as much as the Celtics do. And the Bruins
1: aren't a particularly large number of, of retired numbers.
2: The Red um, Sox have
1: gotten less stringent with it recently. Well, you've told me before that baseball is pretty stingy with retired numbers anyway, right? Unless for the New York Yankees, yeah. I mean, I'm not asking. You know, I don't I'm not asking for the team to go crazy and be the Leafs or the Habs, um, <laughs> which true. are stupid in terms of their with, with their number of retired numbers, right? I mean, to the point where they have to start making up numbers to actually ice teams eventually, right? But like, yeah, well, it's the Bruins, so it's at, um yeah, have ten retired numbers right now. Okay, which is not a get big, big number for a for, for a um uh, original six team, right? No, it's not. And you look at the eras these guys played. You are. Again, representing pretty much every single cup-winning era with several bodies, right? You know, you got Shore and Hitchman from the first couple cups. Then you got, um, um, and then you got, then you got Shore, Clapper, and uh, Schmidt from the um, early '40s teams. And then, of course, Espo Orrand uh, in chief from the '70s cup teams. Oh, and, and or yeah, or because came in after that. And then you have O'Reilly and Neely and Bork from the from the dark times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
2: and the Red Sox, the Red Sox have eleven, but of those 11, one of them is retired by the entire league, so they have ten of their actual players that have been
1: retired. Okay, I don't think it's much of a contest. I think I think the case for Brad's definitely there, but I can see, I totally see every argument against, and basically that's it's the Middleton argument, which is in my mind not a good one, but I understand it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think the only way that Brad can really do himself a disservice is if um, he blows up the team and fails to keep scoring. Ne- neither, yeah. which I think is going to happen. So.
1: Yeah, I think he's. he's I think he's up there. It's going to be. You know, we're going to have a 63 and 37 side by side up in there, up in the rafters.
0: It equals 100.
1: Or they might just, you know, put them on one and put the equation, both their names on the same banner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I mean, teams have to be really careful about how many numbers they retire, don't they?
1: Well, is it. the Leafs and the Habs have so, so many numbers retired. I mean, the Leafs, until very recently, didn't have any retired. They just had them honored. But then last year went and retired all of them. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> and then, of course, 99 is taken. Because all over the league. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with something like that. You know, also, the unofficial, you know, 66- Right. Uh, that, oh, that... that was,
1: yeah, that was bullshit. But uh, like, I'm, you know, I, I would think if you want to retire a number league wide, it should be one that's a real tragedy. Masterson's number would probably be the only thing that meets that criteria for me. Cause he basically he... died on the ice.
0: Oh my God. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. That's why the master train trophy is, is, is that the guy, he, um, he didn't die on the ice, but like with soon, soon after being pulled off, I don't remember the exact details.
0: You know, I never thought to look that up.
1: I will have to do that. Those are the terms in which I think a number should be be retired league-wide.
0: Right. Not just because, like, you scored, like, 73 goals in one year, and
1: then 90 in the next.
0: I think these are actual roundabout numbers for Gretzky.
1: I mean, yes, Gretzky did have a, you know, a season where he scored over 200 points, but it was the 80s.
0: The opposite of the dead puck era.
1: Yeah, exactly. The... I don't even I could I I I don't think I could I don't think I could deal with watching eighties hockey. The puck was on
0: cocaine. It was on I mean, a lot of cocaine.
1: It seems likely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Everybody was on cocaine in the eighties. Not me. I was too young. <laughs> I was. I would not have where to find it. But anyway sorry (laughs) I took this beautiful thing that that Jeff was talking about and I just ruined
1: it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's not dead it's alive so I think that's um... listeners can tell us what they feel about the Brad making it to the rafters yes or no you can tell us about that on a variety of sources I think we wrapped up the Brad thing, didn't we? We did. Okay, so we need to move on. Where are we going to go with this? I I guess that means we're towards the end of the show.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, given how long it'll be till our next recording, there's a there's a lot of games to uh, schedule. Read.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. So let's just we're just going to recap that we have Columbus on Monday, Buffalo on Tuesday. I, I, you've already said this stuff, so I'm just recapping. Uh, Winnipeg on Thursday and Saturday matinee against Detroit. Those are that's before Christmas. We are yes. going to be off, and uh, we're not going to record again until I think January January seventh.
1: Right, so there's another um, uh, six games to work into uh, this reading. <laughs>
0: All right, well, you guys have at it. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy my flat uh, blueberry lemonade, seltzer water. <sighs>
1: Well, listeners, I hope you're well hydrated. This might take a while. <laughs> so this uh, 10-game holiday season starts out Monday the 18th at the Garden, 7 p.m., hosting the Columbus Blue Jackets, and those fine young men, uh, Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski on defense and Officer Bob Ravsky will be on the case.
2: <laughs> along with mean black bear great torts
1: where's Muskie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he grew up
0: not too far from where I live
1: and second night of a back to back they travel to buffalo um they, there's nothing sexy about buffalo a it's buffalo and b it's the sabers.
2: Go for the wings, not the sabers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, listening to that part last week where I, I kind of like, I had t- zoned out for a while, and then somebody said wings and Buffalo was like, for the wings? Yes. Definitely the wings. Anchor bar. Yes. It was
2: anchor bar. Yeah. <laughs> anchor
0: bar. It's fabulous. They, ugh, Those wings are, are really great. Anyway.
1: <laughs> and, um, uh... Twenty-first, it's back to the garden. Oh, and it is a special game indeed. VA and I will be there. And Mandy. And Mandy.
0: And Ben. And Ben. And glad. VA's
1: husband. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be a good time, listeners.
0: Glenjamin. Oh, well. Glenjamin will be there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Against the Jets. Patrick Liney doing presumably Patrick Liney things. And uh, former uh, um, uh, Lowell, whatever they call, UMass Lowell, whatever they call their team, uh, great um, Connor Hellebuck in net. <laughs> I think they're the Falcons, maybe?
2: maybe? No,
0: no, that's the Springfield Falcons. The uh, Lowell?
3: Lowell? Yeah, um, UMass, UMass Lowell.
2: Lowell. Hawks? Hawks, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Riverhawks. We played them in soccer for uh, Riverhawks, yeah. I knew we played them in soccer in college, my my alma mater, but... yeah. Oh, don't forget, Captain Offsides.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Lake that's fucking Blake wheeler. We, whole team of Lake fucking wheelers. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: believe he's our captain, isn't he? Yes, he is.
0: That's why I called him Captain Offsides.
2: (laughs) I thought you just called him Captain Offsides because he's offsides all the time and he's the king of it. So I figured Captain Offsides. No, she did, yes,
1: but he's also
0: Captain. (laughs) No, no. It was actually a play on the fact that he's a Captain and he's offsides. It was both. It was like, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, that's 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 fantastic.
0: Last night that goal last uh, that got called back because of the offside. I, was, I commented and I'm like, "I didn't know that Blake Wheeler was on the team again?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: okay, anyway. And then on the 23rd, the last game before the holidays, it's a Manatee game against Detroit at 1 p.m. at the Garden. Fuck Detroit. I mean, for the people that get to go, that is uh, Renee. going to be presumably the game where Renee sings, uh, <laughs> sings Christmas carols.
2: And you have two main Black Bear greats, Jimmy Howard and Gustav Nyquist. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I really hope that he continues to tell us about the, the former, humane Black Bear greats. <laughs>
1: He usually does. So Blackbirds has a thing for for, for goalies there. You know, Howard Bishop, and now of course you know future, for, future former Humane, humane Blackbird very great uh, Jared Swayman.
0: <laughs> yep. Um. Well,
1: goalie,
2: you. <laughs>
0: um. At least this year, hopefully, um, we won't have Ty Anderson here. <laughs> Whatever laments you might have.
1: (laughs) Against the jerks.
3: (laughs) It's Uh, my birthday! Oh my god, that was so
0: great. (laughs) Uh. Uh. We'll bring some ice cream cake to the game.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Take that time. (laughs) Ice cream cake, might as well... Give him some pancakes with it, and
1: <laughs> or just and, like any actual people food,
2: donuts, <laughs> then a giant glass of beer because he doesn't no, do that. Just,
1: uh,
0: well, no, he, no, no, no,
1: yeah. Doing... I,
0: you know what? I got to tell you, when he came out with why, then I was just like,
2: oh, I didn't even know there was a reason why.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I guess um, parents with alcohol issues.
2: Oh well, then never mind. I feel like an ass now.
0: Uh, you know what, I think anybody who had kind of publicly or privately chided him for that feels like an asshole about that. And if you don't have a soul, then you probably feel just fine and go go away. <laughs> that's what oh, I to say. Yeah, I didn't
2: know there was a, a special reason. Wow. Yeah, you... Uh, th-
0: this is how I usually fall down on it. When people keep saying that they're straight edge, I usually... Uh, I throw back to like the... the The skaters that I used to um, kind of have in my periphery, who were straight edge and jerks to women, you know what I mean. So it's like I don't have positive associations with it, and I just have people who they're like self, like you know they 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 just feel like they're like the best people, and they do these other reprehensible things. But I don't feel that way about Ty. Yeah, I feel I I feel like compassion for him because I'm like ah okay, dude, I get it. All right. I'm not I'm not even going to touch that thing again because that I mean, is... People
1: that are, are straight for that reason tend not to be sanctimonious about it, which is important.
2: Yeah, that's true, too.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's so true. it's like, you know what? He I mean, it not... doesn't
2: talk about it much unless someone actually, like... Somebody really did. Yeah. Somebody
0: really was just a jerk about it. Um, And and I happened to see that, and I was like, oh, man, I I feel bad. I still will make fun of him for the ice cream cake thing because...
2: And pancakes because pancakes are delicious. Right,
0: I mean these other or things or other
2: people' are, food, yeah.
0: Yeah, these, these things are harmless. It's just kind of it's the same thing that we do, you know.
2: He he likes cream of wheat for breakfast, probably.
1: Oh, oh no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so what else do we have for our test?
1: So, following the following the the, the, the holiday break, um, we come right back into it, the thick of it, with a. With are with another um, uh, back-to-back, unfortunately, uh, starting at home on the 27th against the Senators. I mean, that's a thing for this team is playing the Sens right after Christmas.
0: It is not oh. the gift that keeps on giving.
1: No, never. No, I was at, I was at the game where, the, where sides broke forever. So, uh, and that was that, the game was just after Christmas a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second night of the back-to-back is the fucking Caps on the second night of the back-to-back.
2: Again, okay. oh fuck that. More hopiness. Oh fucking shit.
0: Maybe and, uh, we can hire somebody to take out several members of that team.
1: Tom Wilson's a man without scruples. I'm sure he can be turned. <laughs> <laughs> they somehow just get held
2: over in a cabin because Christmas and snow. <laughs> sure.
0: I don't know. He's top line to- uh, Tom Wilson now, so. <laughs>
3: anyway. I just feel
1: like, you know, at some point he and Orpic should, like, just, like, rebound back on their own team and just, like, <laughs> concussions for all. No, I don't really <laughs> wish that. Less awful injuries for all.
0: You know, I always forget about Brooks Orpic until I see him. And he's always with the Caps. And he's top pairing for some reason. And it's like, I fucking hate him. We'll I forgot he's list.
1: still in the league, to be honest.
0: We'll have that list. We'll have that list. It'll be anyway, fine.
1: yes. And then uh, two days after that on the 30th, uh, last game of the of 2017 against Ottawa again.
2: <laughs> oh my God. Who hates us? Like, the schedule makers hate fun. They're like, have a good
1: Christmas. Here's what you get. The two trap! Games again. is two games against the hockey dementor and in the caps the second night of a back-to-back. What the fuck?
0: Use the trap. Use the trap. Aha. Uh-huh. I, I do so love literally how the much, second
1: time in 2 weeks. Uh, how okay. quickly Sens fans are dis- are learning that Gabe Boucher is a one-season is a one-season coach though. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew it because remember and this is exactly what happens first season there. Conference finals. No more playoffs again until he's fired. That's what happened with Tampa.
0: <laughs> Keep up the good work, Sens, but I hate you.
1: It's okay. Melnick's going to destroy everything. Did you see that interview he gave the other day? Mm-mm. Oh, like Friday night. He like, you know, he melicked the shit out of that interview. Again, every time I he, Melnick opens his mouth, I remembered like, ah, maybe we shouldn't complain about Jacobs too much. <laughs>
0: um, okay.
1: Okay. He basically is like, well, team people aren't playing right. We might have to move the team and shit like that. Move Ottawa? Yeah. Well, remember that it's not a. Yeah, I mean they they actually like have no hope of surviving continuing to survive in Canada. That's the thing, right? And if they don't get their new arena, well, you know what? Guess what? The Ottawa Senators will end up being the Nord's probably.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I was gonna say that.
1: Because Videotron is a gorgeous arena and could really use something besides the freaking, num, you know, ramparts. parts. I'd like to say
2: I feel bad for the Ottawa Senators, but I really kind of don't. Mm-mm.
1: They used to be my mistress team, but after last year the playoffs, it was like, no, this team is joyless.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is no mushroom because he's not a fun guy.
1: Oh, oh Tim. You realize you're getting near the end of the episode and hadn't made a bad pun yet, huh?
0: <laughs> oh man, Tim, why? I know it's your nature. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's like, what was that? That's like New Year's Eve.
1: Yeah, it was on the thirtieth. Oh, no game on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day because those are you know winter classic times. We'll play one of those next year against the fucking Blackhawks. Anyway, can we come back in on the seconds at Long Island playing the Islanders? Well, so I guess no, I have Brooklyn playing the Islanders.
0: At the Barclays.
1: Yeah.
0: Where they have grass growing on the roof.
1: And a car. <laughs> two cars. Well, there's two now. <laughs> well,
0: I told you that. There's the, the SUV yes, <laughs> that's in the corner, right? And sometimes it's a truck. And the aisles, yes, you And then uh, if, you, if you're if you sitting in the lower bowl, but like a little bit, or trust me, there's a Honda dealership there. I swear to God, because I was sitting there and I'm like watching the game and then I look through like one of the other like little entrances on the other side of the uh, the arena and it says Honda and there's a red car there. There are two cars yeah. in the workplace.
1: Okay. And then on the 4th, fourth... They come home to play. Fancy cats.
0: Oh, wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And then on the sixth, they play Carolina at home.
0: Mm. Have you played the... either one of those yet?
1: And... Maybe mm-hmm. no.
0: Okay, no, no. That's not important.
1: We'll figure that out later. <laughs> and then, and then on the second night of a back-to-back, they go to Pittsburgh to play the Pens. On the 7th.
2: Despite some of the fuckery, like, with the back-to-back with Washington and stuff, like, the next stretch of games,
1: they should, in theory, do reasonably well. Well, that's just it. That's not a lot of... That's, um, you know, in the next, uh, my, this, this, you know, what's this, it's like, three weeks of games we just talked about? That is one, two, three, four five, six of those of six games of those ten against non playoff teams and then actually, I have to check the standings. the pens may at this moment be a non playoff team. they've sort of been going back and forth right because the pens have been um not at, very pen like
0: as of last night, the Isles and the Rangers were uh holding on to the the wild card spots and I okay. think I think it's like um. I think it was uh, the, uh, the blue jackets, the caps, and the devils were all in, like, one, two, and
1: three. Yes, the pens are, are just outside.
0: Yay!
3: So
1: Okay, so as of today, at the time of this recording, then, six of those uh, of those games in the next uh, three weeks are against non-playoff teams. Woohoo! Six so of, should the, come out of with... the 11 games, yeah. So
2: They should come out with a decent amount of points here.
1: And the aisles are aisles are a very winnable to game, despite being playoff draw. Um,
2: They've already even won the once. Winnipeg, the Winnipeg game's very winnable.
1: So Jackets actually like really, it's just that Caps the second night of a back to back that I'm like specifically like no, that's not happening. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, that's and the that's one- the second time it's happened this season. So the Caps are back to back.
1: Second time in two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: well.
1: To the day. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry Maybe that it...
0: I was not as precise or accurate, but I was technically correct. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so. Um, yeah, okay. There we go. Woohoo! I'm so.
1: That's. I can't even think about half that. Most of those games are far away.
0: <laughs> yep, but uh, don't we uh, when we get back, we'll get to talk about the Habs.
1: Oh, holy fuck! Will we ever?
0: Because <laughs> it's going to be Habs week before we know it. Oh god, that's going to be awful. And we'll we get to meet the Islanders again in between all of that madness.
1: And and oh, and and Ty Ty'll come to town. In that run too.
0: Is it going to be on a Sunday? Are they going to show it on NBC? And then they're going to have no, no.
1: It's it's the Martin Luther King Day matinee game.
0: Oh, good. Well, fine. He can come to town. What the fuck he's, has he done since he's been gone? I mean, I know the Bruins have scored done much lots
1: either. and lots of points. Uh, <laughs> that's about it.
0: Yep. 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 Indeed. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm a little, you know what? I need the break. I need the the podcast break for a couple of weeks because, you know, it's usually kind of a tight schedule. My brain is kind of turning to mush. It's good to have a couple of weeks off, you know, do holiday-y things or something or whatever. But, um, you know, what I found is that uh, editing is easier now. I, I love my new computer and software and stuff, but by the time I get done with it, I feel so empty inside. So it'll be good to have a couple weeks off. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, I guess we should be going into bare necessities. Yeah.
2: It's the bare necessities. You every want time to
1: get we sued? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I always, you know. Every time I, every time they we say it, I, that song just pops into my head without fail.
0: It's the Earth sign requirements simple or sign requirements <laughs> <laughs> it works in a way <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> i think that made my hangover worse <laughs> so
0: that's what you get for having a hangover And for agreeing to record early. (laughs) I was nice. I was very, very nice. I did not say anything mean to Jeff or about Jeff or anything. I just said Earth Sign Requirements. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your Earth Sign Requirements this week, Tim?
2: (laughs) This week. So I'm going to go Christmas drinks. So, uh, I'm doing the nog with the, uh, with the whiskey. So with cranberry ginger ale, I hope. And then cranberry ginger ale with either whiskey or I double up on the cranberry and do cranberry vodka. Oh. So,
1: just mm-hmm. yes, cranberry. Yes, just really committing to the Christmas pop. Nice.
2: Yeah, I, I, I
1: dig it.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I just want to share something. I love cranberry Sprite Zero. Oh, that stuff is good, good stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I um I find the regular sprite a little too sweet for me, but I enjoy that. You can do that with vodka and a little bit extra cranberry and maybe a little bit of lime. There you go. You got yourself a drink. I'm sorry, our landline was ringing. <laughs> <It> is ringing? <laughs> yeah, it's ringing. It's very weird. A you know, fax
2: coming through? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I, it's uh it's so rare because it's like um. For the most part, we can ward off spammers and spoofers and all that stuff. It's like one ring and it's done. But every once in a while, there's something that that sneaks through and it's just weird. So I don't know why we have a landline. Not a big deal. But anyway. All right. So Christmas drinks. Woohoo!
1: Christmas so. drinks are the best.
2: I just love this time of year with the drinks and the smells of Christmas. and Ah, oh, I love it.
1: So... Um, well, I'm, I'm coming southbound this week, so one thing I do know that means is that there's autocrats... <laughs> there's, 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 there's...
0: Calm down, calm down. Take a deep breath in.
1: <laughs> Autocrat coffee milks stout out in my future. <laughs>
0: if you play your cards right, we can get it on tap. Oh. But that would be down in Pawtucket. And it won't be Monday, because we know that Rhode Island is closed on
1: Mondays. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to... Uh... Oh, to to reckon something there, then.
0: <laughs> yep. But, I mean, you can definitely buy it. I haven't actually gone out to a store and seen it yet, but we know where to get it. So,
1: yes. And the new cans look pretty fucking nifty. Oh,
0: my God. I love the new cans. It's <laughs> like, why didn't you have that new can as your old can in the first place? It's like, did Autocrap finally just say that you could do it?
1: Probably. But they don't really have to use the name, which is fucked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway... Yes, the new cans are yellow and red, just like the label on the autocrat coffee milk. I mean, not coffee milk, on uh, the coffee syrup, the only one you should ever get. Rhode Island. Indeed. All right. I don't know what I'm drinking yet. I'm sure that there's autocrat coffee milk stout in my future if we play our cards right. But I haven't really thought beyond that. Um, So, yeah. Uh, But my dog hates Sidney Crosby, and that's important.
2: That is very important.
0: <laughs> I'm so terrible at the Ursine requirements. Now, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I will say I was recently I I, I um <laughs> I bought Kahlua on a whim because it came with socks and the socks were kind of awesome and I was drinking it with chocolate milk. It came and, with socks. Yeah, I a pair of Kahlua socks that were brightly colored and patterned and things.
0: It sounds, so like I it sounds like such a Canadian thing, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a Canadian Jewish thing. I bought some Kahlua and it came with some socks. <laughs> oh my God. It's a Hanukkah miracle.
1: <laughs> I bought the Kahlua because of the socks. Oh man,
0: <laughs> I, I actually really like Kahlua. Uh, I don't drink it as much, and usually I, I make some kind of variation of a mudslide because it's tasty. You uh, said there
1: was a Kahlua and chocolate milk, so yeah. Um so it was, a com- similar. it was
0: a Kahlua Sombrero <laughs> with chocolate. That's what it was. Because Kahlua Sombrero is the easiest drink to make. It's Kahlua and milk.
1: Yeah. Okay. And so I was drinking, like, we- you know what? Next time I go fa- fall down the white Russian rabbit hole, I might make some brown Russians instead.
2: Uh, <laughs> see, here we use the champagne. No, we make-
1: use chocolate milk instead of half and half. Ah, uh, right? okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> I will say, one of my favorite Kahlua drinks is, um, it's called a Black Belt. Mm-hmm. It is two parts sake, two parts Kahlua, and then you shake it a little bit in ice, uh, in a shaker with ice, and then you pour it into a martini glass, and it is delightful.
1: What? An autocratic Russian, autocratic coffee milk, coffee milk with uh, Kahlua and vodka. You can call it the Putin.
0: But then I'm not going to want it. But it would
1: be delicious.
0: Nothing Autocratic. named Putin is delicious. We'll name it. But, it's an, auto,
1: but it's an autocrat. but it'd be, it be. Oh, a, it'd,
0: an autocrat. Oh, an autocrat Russian, yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get
1: it. Yeah, that was me channeling Tim briefly and it just fell flat. That's
0: cool. Oh, well, it's because I was focusing more on the coffee milk part and not what autocrat really means.
2: Yeah. Oh. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm sure it's delicious, but you'll hate yourself for enjoying it. (laughs) Okay, so with that, you can contact us with your cocktail recipes at Barely in Topic on Twitter, at Barely in Topic Podcast on Facebook. You can listen to us on SoundCloud at Barely in Topic, Google Play on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Blitzen and Dancer and Vixen. I don't know. And yeah. er. You know, you know how to get a hold of us by now. Just you know, and it doesn't have to be cocktail recipes. You can talk to us about anything you want. Well, within reason, obviously. Let's keep it Bruins-ish related or cocktail related. Or maybe you have ursine requirements. I don't know. Just tell them us about it. Or just you know,
1: talk to us about stuff.
0: I'm not giving out um relationship advice just saying. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> so um Merry Christmas, y'all, and, uh... Tim. Happy
0: Hanukkah! Come on!
1: Also that. Sorry.
2: Merry Christmas, Hanukkah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Tim, take us out.
2: Hey. Word! <laughs>
0: I do realize that Hanukkah is, like, there's only a few more nights, and actually, by the time I get this done, it it'll be, like, the last day of Hanukkah. But that's okay.